If you are a young African who just graduated from a uh, university, I would strongly encourage you to use the device you have in your hand, very likely now, to provide content to the digital economy and therefore probably start earning money. That's possible. Welcome to Tech Over Africa with Wangare Jadi. This is one woman's take on the story of the rising digital economy in Africa. On the show, we talk to expert guests on all things tech. Is tech uptake in Africa all good, all bad, or somewhere in between? Join us as we interrogate and make sense of the policies that guard our interests. Disruption is often a messy process. So where will we be once the dust settles? My name is Wangari Njati and welcome to the first ever Take Over Africa podcast series. Of course, we're starting with the digital economy where we're seeking to understand what is the digital economy. There's a lot of hype and buzz around this word. So I have a lot of personal interest on it because when you read the media, when you talk to everybody in academia, in research, some policy institutions, they're all talking about digital economy, but we don't have an understanding of what that means. Today, we are privileged to have a very well-experienced person who is also a personal friend and a mentor. His name is Dr. Albert Zufak, the World Bank Chief Economist Africa, and he'll be taking us through the Africa's digital economy to try and break it down and demystify and help us understand what is digital economy and what is it contributing towards the Africa's economy in general? Well, Gary, thank you so much for inviting me. It's a privilege to be on uh, Takeover Africa. I'm the chief economist for Africa, the World Bank. One of the areas of focus of the work I do is on promoting digital transformation across Africa. And we're promoting digital transformation because we believe that it's a huge opportunity for our countries. It's more an opportunity than a threat. And we believe that the digital economy and digital transformation, broadly speaking, have the potential to create jobs or catalyze jobs for the African youth. Like I mentioned at the beginning, digital economy sounds like an exciting terminology or buzzword that we always hear about, and I'm interested to understand more um, from a layman perspective, what does this actually mean when you say that it's about digital transformation, contributing towards creation of jobs, improving the economy for Africa people, and probably transforming African lives. What are these opportunities that we're talking about? Wangari, when we speak of the digital economy, I think there are a number of building blocks that we need to have in mind. The first is digital infrastructure. For example, broadband access to connectivity is a big building block, is infrastructure, is access to, to the network. The second important aspect that is more relevant to people's lives is digital entrepreneurship. Across Africa, from Kenya to Nigeria to Ghana, young Africans are tapping the opportunity of the digital economy worldwide to create their own employment, 
but also hiring and employing an increasing number of older young people. In the past couple of weeks, two African startups actually became unicorn, basically raising more than $100 million on the market because people see the potential for growth in these enterprises. So digital entrepreneurship is another big building block for the digital economy. The third building block is one that people in Kenya, for example, are the most familiar with is financial inclusion, is digital finance. It's what more, more layman way to put it is the fintech, right? So it's, it's the technology that has penetrated the financial sector and, and made it easier, made, made it accessible to everyone. Basically, in Kenya, for example, as you may know, the PESA revolution has led to more people transacting over their phones and skipping the step of going to the bank branch to make their transaction possible. So that's the third building block of the digital economy. So the financial inclusion and the fintech. And the most important block on which we haven't been investing quite a lot, but that is critical, is digital skills. Digital skills will are interestingly what would make other components really yield a high return. But this is an opportunity for the private sector in to invest in providing those skills, but also for governments to create an environment for the private sector to do, but also to invest directly our public expenditure to increase the level of digital skills in our economies. And that would go through programs, curriculum of our schools for our children and even more. So all these combined are what make the digital economy. And as you can see, it can touch all our lives. It doesn't matter which sector you are in, even in agriculture, we are already seeing the digital technologies being used to increase productivity. I think it's very interesting to hear you talking about the building blocks and also to see that African countries are actually making strides in this sector because when people talk about digital economy in Africa, they just think about Africans having access to mobile technology, which has been, what do I call it, the hype? That's how people know Africa when you talk about technology and access of technology. They just think about the mobile phones. But it's interesting to see you talk about two unicorns um, that were actually announced last week. And we've seen many other local technological startups that are coming up. We also do know of a lot of activities that African governments have committed to doing to help us to get towards the digital divide. However, it doesn't mean that we're actually living in a perfect world. And you mentioned the five building blocks and all of them, I, I have an issue with them all. Rather, we're still facing problems as African nations on these ones, particularly when I go to, I'll start one by one. When I talk about connectivity, we do know that there are many areas that are still unconnected and some are still um, experiencing 2G. Mm -hmm. Maybe. And if you look at the access of African populations to, to, to the broadband, it's less than 40%. So basically six out of 10 Africans still do not have access to broadband. 
Exactly. Yes. And and, and one 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 uh, uh, additional problem is not just availability; it's also affordability. Mm. Right? Data is the most expensive in African countries if you compare with other parts of the world. So, hundred percent, yes. It is also affordability. You absolutely. We still have a lot of work to do. Yeah. That's true. And even when you go to most African nations, you probably have very good connectivity in the urban areas. But as you start getting out of the cities, you start missing out on the connectivity aspect. And I like what you're saying. And even countries like Kenya that have made strides in terms of connectivity, we still have the issue of after access, which is what probably contributes towards owning that device probably and also having digital competences to make use of the device or to make use of digital technologies where you're probably able to take advantage of digital online marketplaces or digital online workplaces. When you talk about uh, investing in skills like digital skills, that's a huge gap because I do know that not many educational systems or curriculums are actually offering digital skills as part of the learning curriculum. What do you have to say about this? I think our education systems should take this opportunity to actually reflect or change to really start producing the skills for the economy of the future. I think most of our schools are still teaching on a curriculum that was designed to serve the post-colonial economy, while the digital revolution is actually going to completely change the, the fundamentals when it comes to location. And it's going to change even what economists call comparative advantage. It's going to be changing what actually determines comparative advantage. Our curriculum needs to factor in these new skills. What is quite interesting is that the skills for the digital economy, the skills for the future do include those basic skills that we are already trying to teach in our schools, right? It's about numerical skills, math skills, but it's also about a certain number of attributes that we don't teach currently in our schools. Mm. It's all about collaboration, right? You know, economy or the economy of the future would definitely value more more of the, what we call the soft skills now, right? Collaboration teamwork, innovation, mm. creativity. So all those needs to be part of the rethinking of our education system if we are to really seize the opportunity of this. hundred percent. That's a very good way to summarize it. And I hope African governments in collaboration with probably the private sector or maybe the non-for-profit would be able to take us through this revolution of inculcating digital skills to the whole education system such that People are not starting to interact with technology when they're way older. I think it's easier if people start learning about digital skills from the elementary level before they go to higher level of education. Gary, if I may add something, the good news here Mm -hmm. is that digital can actually help, including helping those who are out of school. That's right. Think of the informal workers 
for example, think of the, the lady selling vegetable on a, on a night market or a day market in Nairobi or Lagos or Yaounde through the cell phone, through the handphone, governments can actually start deploying very basic educational modules, mm. reading and math skills that could help them do trading more efficiently. Absolutely. We actually have some use cases. You mentioned M-Pesa at the beginning. Yes. M-Pesa, which hails from Kenya, even older people who have never been to school, like my grandparents, are able to use M-Pesa. So I like what you're saying because the digital space democratizes education or what you call knowledge of using technology. I like what you're saying that it doesn't have to be a person who's gone to school. Anybody can actually get access and anybody can leverage the digital platform and somewhat build towards the digital economy. But this is what, this is the other aspect as, as well, Wakari, which is once we have access to those devices and access to device has been made easier recently by some manufacturers setting up factories in Africa and producing cheap devices. The question is, what do we do with these devices? Do we use them just for what, WhatsApp messages or just spend time arguing? Or do we see the device as a tool for production? Exactly, yes. And we will get most of uh, the value out of it if we start really encouraging or enabling entrepreneurship through those digital devices. Yes, yes. I like what you're alluding to in terms of meaningful use of the internet technology. That's a different conversation that I hope to have one day with you in the same podcast. And then you talked about creating entrepreneurship ecosystem where we're probably going to be cultivating a lot of engineers who are helping in raising startups in Africa. And hopefully they'll be addressing realities and challenges that we're facing in Africa so that, again, we can contribute and see a growth and impact of the digital economy. The entrepreneurship ecosystem has its own challenges that we're also facing. So like I mentioned, all these building blocks, it's fantastic that there's a whole roadmap and strategy towards the digital economy. But all of them seems to be problematic in one way or the other. We're just at the infancy of this revolution, right? There's no country at this point that has, uh, you know, perfect record on each of the building blocks of the digital economy. A hundred percent. We are all striving to do well and credit be given countries like Kenya have actually become uh, global leaders in some aspect of it, financial inclusion, for example, Kenya is the global leader and this has to be acknowledged. And as chief economist for entire continent of Africa, the World Bank, I like to say 20 years ago, if someone had said the, the, the role model when it comes to technology of any kind would be an African country, most people would have laughed out so mm. loud. Very it true. is a reality and we need to acknowledge progress when it is done. But we yes. also need, as you say, to acknowledge that there's still a lot to be done. There's hard work to be completed. And, and, and here are a couple of areas where we really need to do even more work. Mm -hmm. First is the regulatory framework. Right. Number of our countries are still not uh, creating enough competition in the regulatory framework for more entry of players in the telecom, the telco sector 
that would then drive prices down. Mm. So competition is key to affordability. Yes. So the regulatory framework needs to be really addressed and made more flexible, more competitive so that we can, we could have more affordable services on the digital sphere. The second is improving the capacity of our governments Mm -hmm. to grasp the whole, the whole picture. Right. And therefore know exactly how to facilitate instead of stifling innovation, but mm-hmm. facilitate innovation and, and allow it to really thrive because that's where the jobs of the future will be created. A hundred percent. You spoke about some of the things that African nations have to work on to realize the potential of the digital economy. You talked about the regulatory framework. What was the second point? Government capacity. Improving mm-hmm. our government's capacity to really grasp the, the, the whole picture of the digital economy, to be able to facilitate it and not stifle its, its progress. I'm thinking of the way number of African countries are now taxing the digital. And this has become quite a hot topic. You've seen probably a Ghanaian parliamentarian arguing to, to the point of physical violence about this issue. Yes. And I think it's important that our governments really build their own capacity to know exactly where to intervene, to promote innovation, but also to understand how it can help increasing productivity and, 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 and income growth in the entire. Even as we speak about digital transformation, I still feel as though it's still alien to most of us in the sense that even when you try to regulate this tech space, a lot of us or a lot of African nations or governments don't actually understand the space 100% exactly as you say. And I feel like there's a lot of um, due diligence, a lot of research that is required to be carried out for them to really understand this space. I've been doing a bit of research on some of the taxation issues that are also taking part, taking place in Kenya. And it's the same challenge where I can clearly see the in between the cracks that the government does not actually understand the tech space well enough to be able to regulate. And the saddest part is that most of the regulations or the regulatory framework is actually being borrowed heavily from the West and being copy pasted into our African ecosystem as opposed to localizing this regulatory framework. What do you have to say about that? Digital is not a sector. Or it's not just a, a new activity that we need to tax as we used to tax the coffee or wood. Mm. That would be missing the whole point of exactly. being a cross-sectoral enhancer of productivity. In fact, if digital is enabled, productivity growth across the whole economy would generate enough revenue for government to tax. Absolutely. Instead of just taxing the digital as if it was a commodity. The digital is not a sector. It is important, frankly, that in our countries, we come to a clear sense that to be successful, we need really to approach a whole of government. We need a whole of government approach if we are to be successful in the digital economy. 
An example is, is the link between the digital and energy, for example. Mm -hmm. If you don't bring the Ministry of Energy in the discussion of, on the, on, of the digital, then you will not be successful because you cannot have access to the digital without electricity. And as access to electricity remains extremely low for most people in Africa, just like yeah. the internet, less than 50% of Africans have access to electricity. And in some countries that I have visited, the rate of access to electricity is less than 10%, mm. which means one person out of 10 has access to it. Don't address this at the same time. We may as well forget about digital transformation, right? We face very unique challenges compared to the developed part of the world where you've talked about fluctuating electricity supplies, low internet penetration, inadequate STEM skills, and there's low investment in form of infrastructural support. We've talked about governance and policies, which are all inhibiting full embrace of the digital economy. At the same time, we need to start embracing emerging technologies like AI. If we have all these challenges and we are actually building towards the digital economy, what has to give? Because these are systemic and historical problems that we've had. I know we are making progress as a continent, but also we're still lagging behind in most of these things. And I think they are actually going to stifle the whole uh, process of being able to penetrate the digital economy. I think the way to look at the question is not to say we have so many challenges, it's to look at the opportunity Mm -hmm. of the solution that comes with the digital. Mm -hmm. And that opportunity is huge. In fact, the, the reason why I'm so enthusiastic, the digital transformation in, in our economies and how, and, and its potential to, to create jobs and reduce poverty is because it's clearly a cross-sector enabler. enabler right. It can enable productivity of the informal sector, for example. It can improve countries that want to curb corruption, you can use the digital to fight corruption if you want to. True. And the question is how many governments actually want to curb corruption, but those who want can actually leverage the digital to curb corruption. I and feel like that's part of the problem. <laughs> that, that's certainly, that's certainly <laughs> a big problem, right? Sometimes the solution is not technical. Huh? It's probably the will. Some call it the political will or others. But for those who really want to advance, the digital brings solutions to a number of those challenges that you are, you are, you are mentioning. Mm. And, mm. and another very good example, more than 60% of our population still live from agriculture. Yet agriculture is still very extensive, rent-fed, low productivity across Africa. That's right. But you can actually leverage the sensors, use, use services such as those that are similar to Uber to actually allow mechanization of agriculture across Africa. And there are some companies that are already doing that, basically placing a sensor on a tractor and having a service like Uber. Then people can actually, farmers can just call uh, on their cell phone and rent the tractor for an hour, it would come and plow the land that they would have not been able to do in a week. That would be one hour done. And they would therefore not need to save money themselves to buy a tractor. That's true. This is already happening in Nigeria. Mm -hmm. 
There's a company called Hello Tractor that's already doing that. And what we have studied is in areas where this company is operating, productivity of agriculture has increased significantly. That's so very comes with solutions. I think we have very unique case studies of very successful technological activities that are happening on different parts of Africa. The question is how many countries are forward thinking, how many nations, how many governments are actually supporting the digital economy and fully understand it also not to stifle development as we earlier talked about. But, but I'm very hopeful because COVID, for all the harm it's done to the world and to African economies, COVID was also an opportunity for some governments in Africa to leverage digital. Yeah. Countries like Togo move very aggressively in using the digital for, for, for social protection, extending mm -hmm. cash transfer through the, the cell. Countries have certainly countries like uh, Kenya, Ethiopia, South Africa, Ghana, uh, Cote d'Ivoire, all Senegal, all really leverage digital to better manage and to really power your response to, uh, to COVID. You're right. COVID-19 was a good wake-up call to everybody in terms of how do you use technology to actually survive the day when everything is on lockdown. You Let me take you back about the, when I mentioned about the challenges, you said that as opposed to looking at them as challenges, you'd rather we look at them as opportunities. That's, That's a really good positive attitude. I love that. But my question is, how do you actually navigate these challenges that I mentioned to penetrate the digital economy? For example, in Nigeria, you have no power, but we do know there's a lot of technological activities, a lot of local startups that are coming up. How do you navigate all those challenges, including power, to actually penetrate the digital economy? Wangari, that's why I, I mentioned the uh, idea of a whole of government approach. It is not going to be possible to be successful if we take these issues as completely independent from each order. And I believe each government needs to have a digital transformation strategy that mm -hmm. includes all aspects of the economy, all aspects of the government. For example, the minister of civil, in charge of civil service should have a digital strategy to improve efficiency of the civil service, making sure that they can pay salaries digitally to avoid people wasting time and money going to line up in, in, in places or for days to wait for their salaries. This can all be paid through the cell phones, for example. The Minister of Agriculture should have a digital strategy, seeing how they can harness the digital to increase agricultural productivity. The Minister of Finance should have a digital strategy. But again, all those should be coordinated to make sure there is a, a coherent approach to digital transformation. And I don't think this should be the task of one ministry. That's why I've been uh, arguing that this be done at a, a level, at the level where government coordination is done. In some countries, it's at the prime minister level. In some countries, it's at the president's level or depending on the system. But it, it, it requires a very thoughtful and coordinated approach. I agree with that. The question is how many are actually willing to coordinate because there's many different actors within the digital economy. How do we bring all of them together to have 
same mindset and attitude and positivity towards the digital economy. I and that's not. I believe, Wangari, the work you're doing and this podcast is certainly contributing to, to that objective right? in the sense that more, the more people understand, the more people would be uh, willing or able to, to impart change. So I'm sure right. you are certainly contributing to making that happen. And Good. I'm glad to be part of it. Yeah, and thank you so much. And now I have a really um, tricky question, which I believe you should be able to tackle, given your work experience, of course. Do we know how much Africa's digital economy is worth? The reason why I'm asking this is because there's been a lot of studies that have shown there's no way to substantiate the effort, the impact of technology on socioeconomic development. There's been a lot of inconclusive and mixed reports. Do we know what it's worth and do we know what we are looking at in terms of potential? No, uh, one kind of, what, what I've said earlier is that when we, we speak of the digital economy, it's not a sector that we're going to be in. We're going to be, we're, not, we're just not going to be able to put a number on it. Getting to a, a number on what it is worth is extremely complicated because you will not be able to measure currently the productivity impact of the digital across different sectors. That requires a lot of sophisticated modeling, micro-modeling models, and most of them are imperfect. So I would actually not be putting so much emphasis in putting a number mm -hmm. on the digital economy, given all the building blocks that we have talked uh, about earlier, I would be focusing on, yes, what potential it has. And the potential is huge in terms of job creation. There was a study done, very rigorously done, that has shown that when the submarine cable mm -hmm. was deployed in the east coast of Africa, places that had access to the submarine cable and really started digitalizing have more jobs created than those that did not have. Okay. And this mm -hmm. is very, it's a very technically sound study published in the American Economic Review, the best in our field that shows the positive potential for job creation of the digital economy in Africa. Right. In other parts of the world that has led to a destruction of jobs, but that paper and the work I have done in my office are showing that the path is going to be different for African countries for a number of reasons we don't have time to get into here, but the, the digital has a huge potential for job creation in African countries, both at the low level of skills and at the higher level of skills. This is a very positive news. Very good. We've talked about government's role, private sector role. How about individuals? If somebody is actually listening to this podcast and they're asking themselves, how can I contribute at a personal level towards the digital economy? You can certainly do something wherever you are operating. If you are a young African who just graduated from a uh, university, oh. I would strongly encourage you to use the device you have in your hand, very likely now, to provide content to the digital economy and therefore probably start earning money. That's possible. And a number of young Africans are already doing so. I also say, create your own job. You may 
soon be hiring and employing other young Africans. If you are a, uh, a farmer, I would say, see how you can get access to digital devices that would allow your farm to work properly or to work better. Maybe you can actually rent a tractor instead of just using a handheld tool. You exploit that phone you have in your hands to really increase your productivity, increase your income. If you are a government official, I would say, please leverage the digital to increase the efficiency of service delivery. Make sure you use the digital to curb corruption. If you're a teacher, please leverage your phone and access to internet to get more content for your classes, for your students, and improve the quality of your teaching. And I, we can go on and on. That's a perfect summary to actually end today's episode. You've done a really good job in breaking it down. If you're a teacher, if you're a young person, if you're a farmer, I love that. And I think if every one of us, including, of course, the African nation, uh, the governments do this, we'll be looking towards growing the digital economy. Of course, not radically, but gradually. So I do like to thank you so much. You've discussed the opportunities that the digital economy brings. You've also discussed the threats and the challenges for Africa while it's trying to embrace the digital economy. But I'm hopeful we're going to see job creations and we're going to see lives transformed. So thank you so much for creating time to have this conversation and share your insights and the wealth of knowledge. We appreciate you for actually officially launching the podcast for us because this is the first ever episode that will be introducing a Tech Over Africa podcast. Thank you. Well, Gary, it's been a pleasure and a privilege to, to be your your guest on uh, Takeover Africa. I, I want to thank you for all you're doing and wish good luck to take over Africa. Thank you so much for you're your time. Bye-bye. Next episode, we'll be talking about digital inclusion with the World Benchmarking Alliance. Don't forget to join us. Thank you for listening to Tech Over Africa with Wangarin Jadi. If you liked what you heard, please consider leaving a five-star review on Apple or Spotify podcasts so we can spread the word and the story of a rising digital economy in Africa. For more details on this episode and its host, please visit wangarinjadi.com. Alternatively, follow us on social media. Just look for Tech Over Africa. This podcast is produced by Wangarinjadi and Podcast Carry.